you want to be turning in your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, while you turn there in your Bibles, I will tell you that we're very grateful for your prayers last week. Uh, I know you guys were praying for us as we were praying for you, and your prayers were not unheard, and your prayers were not unanswered. Um, not just that, that God blessed the trip but and brought us back home safely, but God took care of our families while we were away, but for what God did in the lives of people. For what God did in some Tico lives and for what God did in some gringo lives. Um, God, God did some things last week in the vacation Bible school down below Palma Norte, down in the little Finca villages down there. We saw 41 children saved at the vacation Bible school. Um, God gave me an incredible opportunity to get to preach at Pastor Glenn Morales' church there again in Cortez. We had the revival Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. We had one saved in the service on Sunday night. We had two on Monday night. We had two saved on Tuesday night. Three saved on Wednesday night. Um, on Tuesday night, there was a man came to church. The pastor's been inviting the church for 16 years. He said the only time he's ever walked in the door of a church, a 21-year-old son died. He came to the funeral. In 16 years, he never come, but he came up on Tuesday night. And on Wednesday night, he came back and sat on the second row. There was, a, there was a man on Tuesday night that I briefly met as he's walking down the street, and the pastor was talking to him. And, and <laughs> Pastor Glenn says, I, I tried to get him to come to church, but, you know, for many years, he, he was like this. He said, you know, he wears shorts. Oh, uh, see, see, but... But I, I think he, I think he better now. I invite him to church on Wednesday night. That man showed up to church. I, I, I'm just telling you that we saw, I believe we saw some lives changed. Um, I believe there was some Costa Rican lives changed. But I know for a fact there was ten lives changed. I pray we never forget what God did for us. I hope you can be back tonight. Um, Brother Dale's putting together a slideshow of some pictures. You can see a lot of the things that they put, different people put in. I want to share some things with you about the trip. I want to share some things with you from the Word of God. We'll have the group up um, to answer a couple questions. There's going to be a couple of songs tonight you don't want to miss. If you don't come for nothing else, you just come to get the blessing. You don't even have to bring nothing with you. You just come to get that one. Um, but it's my prayer that you can be back tonight and we will talk a little bit more about it. But for this morning, I want to look at a message entitled, The Intimacy of God. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse number 18. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Father, I just pray, God, that you'd move in this place this morning. God, I pray, Lord, would you speak to me that you might speak through me, Father. God, I pray that your words would be crystal clear to the ears of your hearers this morning. God, I'm asking you to do what only you can do. May your Holy Spirit speak to every individual in this place separately, God, as you see fit. 
And God, I'm praying now that your Holy Spirit would invade this place. God, I'm asking you. You told me I could come into your throne, in your throne room and, and intercede on behalf of others. I'm asking you. If there be one lost in this place today, would you save a soul? God, I'm asking you right now, would you mend some broken marriages this morning? I'm asking you, God, to intercede in some troubled homes this morning. I'm asking you, God, to give some healing and some sickness this morning. I'm asking you, God, to touch some broken hearts this morning, God. Lift some spirits and calm some storms and move some mountains today, God. I'm asking you to move in this place in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. On the morning of August 27th, 1883, there was a loud noise. It was heard in over 50 geographical locations around the world. Noises that sounded like great thunder or like a, a great explosion. And what the noise was was the explosion of a volcano called Krakatoa. Krakatoa exploded. It was a, an uninhabited volcanic island. It was west of Sumatra in Indonesia. And records say that it blew um, five cubic miles of earth and rocks 50 miles into the air when it exploded. They say that it was heard in 3,000 miles in all directions around it and it generated 3,000-foot tidal waves. All of this noise was heard for a 6,000-mile radius and in distance. It was heard by the ear, but it was literally felt around the world. They say that there was a measurable spike in atmospheric pressures that was felt all the way around the earth. Some places, sounds may have not have been heard, but they were felt. It was believed to have possibly been the loudest explosion, the loudest noise to have ever been made on the earth or certainly created by the earth. If sound exceeds 110 decibels, it causes an increase in our blood pressure. If it exceeds 141 decibels, we can start becoming nauseated from the sound. If it exceeds 145 decibels, our vision begins to blur. At 195 decibels, our eardrums will burst. They say that at 202 decibels, that sound can cause death. That is an, an outside voice. But on the other end of the spectrum is a whisper. Cool. God has an outside voice. But God has an inside voice. Hurricanes, volcanoes, thunder and lightning, the, the thunderous roar of the waves coming in off the ocean. All of those things would be considered the outside voice. But worship, worship is God's inside voice. You, you don't have to be inside in order for God to use his inside voice. <clears throat> Friday afternoon, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> my body's not fully acclimated back to the sinus conditions or to the cold weather. 
<clears throat> Friday afternoon, we went up to Cabagra. Cabagra is the first work that I know of that we did from Faith Baptist Church here 15 years ago. We went and built the church for Pastor Didier Sanchez. It's in the mountainous regions, the indigenous people are called the Bribri Indians. And every year, um, for many years, well, I've, I've always, and, and Rich is the same, when we go to Costa Rica, if there's any way possible, we go up to Cabagra and we take a group up there to let them kind of see where that work began and where God began to move and, and we began doing the trips over there. And we, um, we've had some very special moments at Cabagra. We, we've had some prayer meetings where the power of God just moved. I, I've seen lives changed. I've seen men just, just weeping in the floor. And we went up there um, Friday. And because of the, the, the language barrier um, and time, I didn't feel like all 10 of us needed to pray. Um, Pastor Didier Sanchez was there, and he had with, her, with, with him um, Pastor Alex. Pastor Alex is now, some of you may remember Samuel de Cabagra. We bought three horses for that church back in 2012. Y'all may remember that. We took up money here and I flew back over and rode some horses. We bought three, and um, they have a pastor now, Alex, and, and so he's the pastor. Samuel was there, and he was Didier Sanchez, so I asked for a couple people to volunteer in our group to pray. It wasn't going to be Rich or I, and um, Lindsay prayed first, and then Lexi prayed, and then Pastor Alex prayed, and then Pastor Didier Sanchez closed us in prayer. It was a good prayer meeting, but it wasn't what I was looking for. It, 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 was, it was a good experience. It was a good prayer meeting. Some prayers were offered, and the Lord touched some hearts a little bit, but it wasn't what I was expecting. I wasn't leaving. We, we left a few minutes after we finished praying and tried to say our goodbyes. I mean, he has absolutely no English, and, and we had no translators or anything there, and so we, we communicated what we could and said our goodbyes to start back down, but but as we were leaving, I wasn't taking from there what I wanted to take. And I want you to understand, a mission trip, as you well know, you, you go to give. And very seldom ever do you give anything. You give all your time, all your energy to your physically exhausted, worn out. You pour your heart and everything you have out trying just to give something. And all you keep doing is getting. But there was one thing when I left here that I wanted when I left Cabagra and I left without it. More importantly, I didn't feel like the group left there with what I wanted the group to leave there with. We started back down the old bumpy mountain road, and we were just talking in, in the vehicles. But I was praying while I was driving, which most of us probably do all the time anyway. But I said, God, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe we should have all prayed. God, I, I thank you for being with us. I thank you for protection. I thank you for showing up, but I've seen so much more out of you. And I was expecting so much more. And maybe all of us should have prayed, and, and God, I'm sorry that we didn't all pray. <laughs> he said, if you'll pull over, I'll show up. We crossed a little one-lane bridge over an old rocky river down there and got over, and I moved the truck over far enough so if anybody did happen to show up in the jungle in the middle of nowhere, they'd be able to get by on that little dirt road. We all went to getting out. I asked 
for Rich to pull the other van in behind him. Pulled the band, he opened the door. I said, I need for everybody in there to get out. And, and we gathered in a little circle, and I said, two of us prayed on that mountain. Eight of us still haven't prayed. We're going to pray right here before we go on down this mountain. There wasn't any thunder. There wasn't any earthquakes. There wasn't any loud noises. It was just a whisper. But I'm telling you, God showed up. Didn't he, Miss Teresa? Where's Teresa? She's out back. She couldn't stand it because she already had to go out and cry some more. Sometimes God just shows up in an, in an inside voice, even though we were outside. In the case of the great prophet Elijah, he called for it not to rain for a span of three and a half years and shut up the heavens just because a man called for it. He had that kind of power. He had that kind of intimacy with God, that kind of relationship that he could talk to God and cause it not to rain. We can't even do that for a picnic day. But he called the judgment of God on a country. A, a man that was so great that that during that time, God sent him over to the brook Cherith, and he had water there, and God fed him with the ravens the whole time he was there. And as the brook began to dry up, this great man of God, as we know, went to the widow's house, and she had that little bit of meal, just enough to make a couple of cakes that her and her son could eat it and then die. And for months, he watched that little bit of meal never ran out as it fixed three meals a day for three people. And that little cruise of oil <clears throat> had a couple of little drops in it. And that lady turned it up to make that one last cake, and those two drops fell out. But then every day for months, she poured that thing up, and the cruise of oil never ran out. She continued to turn it up, and just enough drops came out every day to tell you God will be just enough every time you turn up the bottle. He may not be more. He may not be excess. He may not fill it up right then, but every time you reach to the bottle, there will always be just enough. The oil is representative of the Holy Spirit of God, and I'm telling you, every time you need it, there will be just enough. This great man of God went back for the showdown with the prophets of Baal. 450 of them against one. And he called fire down out of heaven. And had all of them killed because they had led God's people contrary to the word of God. But then we find this man on the run. Because one woman named Jezebel said, I'm going to take your life for killing my 450 prophets. So he's on the run and he's hiding out in a cave. The Bible says that, that God came to Elijah in that cave, and he said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Elijah had some answers, and he, and he talked, but then the Word of God tells us that, that he told Elijah to go stand in the mouth of the cave. And as Elijah stood in the mouth of the cave, the Bible says that there was a great wind that came, and it blew, and it rent the rocks and break them in pieces, but the Bible says that God wasn't in the wind. And the Bible says that after that wind got through breaking the rocks and breaking the mountains into pieces, that there was an earthquake. The earthquake would have shaken everything and rumbled and made all kinds of noises, and, and it would have been a huge outside voice. But the Bible says that God wasn't in the earthquake. And then the Bible says that after the earthquake that there was a fire. And you know fire, if you've ever been around it, a big fire is like an inferno. It's a roar. It's a, it's, it's a loud noise. It's an intense feeling. But the Bible says that, that God wasn't in the fire. It was after all that that 
the Bible says it was a still, small voice. God could be heard audibly in a whisper. Because in worship, God whispers to his children. In order for somebody to whisper to you, they've got to lean down against you. In order for somebody to whisper, they got to get so close that they're touching your ear. In order for somebody to whisper to you, you can feel their breath on your ear and on your neck as they speak to you because they get so close. A whisper is a private moment between two people. This isn't for everybody to hear. This is when somebody is telling somebody something else that's very personal. And when the power of God leans down and whispers and breathes on your neck, this is just between God and you. God leans down to his children just to tell you something because he wants us to have that, that intimate moment, that private moment. God desires for you and I to have an intimate relationship with him. Not just a shout, not just a praise, not just a fellowship time, but an intimate one-on-one time with the creator of the world that sent his only begotten son to die. He desires a moment to lean down and whisper and breathe on your neck. When you and I really want to spend time with God, When we really want to be alone with God, if you search for him, seek him with all of your heart, God will lean down and he'll whisper in your ear. You can feel him on your neck. All your little hairs begin to stand up all over you. You, you, You begin to feel his presence all around you. And you get those little Holy Ghost bumps. You get to running all over you because God's done got up. And got the breathing on your neck. And you get to getting that little feeling. And you can't decide if you want to run, shout, or just lay down and cry. Because God's done got up close. We come to church every Sunday because we desire that. We desire that intimacy. We desire that feeling. If you came for any other reason this morning, you came for the wrong reason. If you came here thinking anything else is going to happen, you got up and came to church for the wrong reason. We come here to desire an intimate relationship with God, to try to get close that God might breathe on us, that we might walk out of here filled with the Holy Spirit of God to go out and be a blessing to somebody else, to be a lighthouse, to be a hospital, to be a hope, to be a help, that people might see light shine through us. An intimate time. We come to church looking for it, and I'll be honest, things can happen sitting on your pew. Nobody else knowing what's going on around you. Things can happen with somebody else sitting right beside you, and they may not get it. Sometimes all it takes is one to break out into praise. Sometimes all it takes is for the choir to get what they're singing and start getting the praise in a little bit. And it gets to trickling down these steps. And before you know it, you get a little whoop off the front row. And you get a little whoop, whoop about three or four rows back. And eventually, somehow, it trickles over the top, and somebody in the balcony shouts, and when it does, it's on. Because all God wants is for his people to praise him and to worship, and then the Bible says that he will inhabit the praises of his people. You can't know. You can't know what's going on in the person sitting beside you. It's not about you and them. It's not even about them and God to you. Yours ought to be about you and God. You can't know what 
God might whisper to the person sitting beside you because you don't know what they've been through. You, you can't know what God whispers in the ear of the person sitting beside you because you don't know how many tears God's dry. You wasn't there in their midnight hour. You wasn't there when joy cometh in the morning. You can't know. You can't know what God's whispering in somebody else's ear because you weren't there in their valley when God showed up, took them by the hand, walked them through the darkness of a valley, moved them out and out of the way, calmed some storms and brought them out on the other side. You can't know what God is whispering to somebody else because you just don't know how many storms God may have calmed in their lives. You can't know what God is whispering to somebody sitting to your left or sitting to your right because you weren't there the day they got saved. You don't know how many things God forgave them for. You don't know how many habits God broke. You don't know how much stuff God moved out of the way. You don't know how many things God forgave them for, moved aside. You don't know where they were when God picked them up out of the ditch. You don't know how many times they thought about committing suicide because they were so unworthy. You don't know how many times they overdosed on drugs and should have died. You don't know what was going on. You can't know what God's whispering to them because you wasn't there the day God picked them up, washed them in the blood of the Lamb of God, wrote their name in the Lamb's book of life, called them a child of God, and said, you're mine forever, and I want you to know that I love you. You wasn't there. You can't know. You can't know what God is whispering in somebody else's ear because he wasn't whispering to you, but he will. He wants to. Worship is an intimate moment. God wants to whisper to you when he ain't whispering to nobody else. God wants to lean down and have that one-on-one with you. He wants you to be the one shouting. He wants you to be the one that everybody else is looking at because they don't get it. Don't worry about them. This ain't about you and them. It got nothing to do with you and them. God wants you to feel his breath. God wants you to, to feel his presence. And you come here on Sunday morning because you desire that kind of intimacy. And the person sitting beside you jumps up and goes to shouting or goes to crying aloud or just goes to crying in their pew. They, they come down to the altar in the middle. Of, don't, don't, don't worry about them. Don't, don't, don't worry about them. You just start asking God for your moment. God, I want, I want what they got. God, I, I want to have a minute like the one they're having right now. I, 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 need, I, I need to hear you whisper. I want to feel your breath on my neck, God. I want what they got. Beginning in Verse number 19 of our text, we're told what the spirit-filled life looks like, what it looks like in our home, what it looks like in our families, what it looks like on our job, what it looks like in our relationship, what it looks like in our struggles with the enemy. We're told what the, the spirit-filled life looks like. And if you notice when Paul's writing, the spirit-filled life doesn't begin with evangelism. It doesn't begin with preaching. It doesn't begin with tithes and offering. The spirit-filled life begins with the way we worship God. The spirit-filled life begins because worship is the window to your heart. And when we begin to experience true worship, God begins to reach into our heart in a way that we can worship. The easiest way to know where you are in your relationship with God right now is to know where your worship's at. If you don't have any worship, you don't have much relationship. Our text says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, 
but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Hmm. Anybody ever talk to yourself? Y'all some lying jokers. I see anybody ever talk to yourself? We in church. Those of you that didn't raise your hand, you need to come on to the altar now. Don't wait till the altar call. Y'all got some repenting to do. Y'all know you do. You ain't no different. Everybody's you sitting in your car talking to yourself, and you just happen to look over the side, and the person's sitting there looking at you like. And you start going. Like you got the radio on. You pull your phone out and try to get like you're trying to get your Bluetooth to reconnect. So you think you, you, you're, trying, you're trying to pass it off because you don't got caught talking to yourself. Our text says that we're supposed to talk to ourselves, but in a good way. If God's been good to you, and you know he has, you ought to be talking about it. Even when you're by yourself, you ought to be talking to God. You can be riding with a car full of people behind you, you ought to be talking to God. You pay attention to where you drive, and that always helps because nobody else is. But, but, but you ought to be talking to God if he's ever done anything for you. Paul mentions here three kinds of verbal expressions in the text. The first thing he mentions is the Psalms. The Psalms, the majority of them are written by David. But the Psalms are songs written to music. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of mine head. That, that is the song. Written to music, that is a, a song. And, and what Paul says here is, is that for, for a relationship, it ought to begin with our worship. See, when, when you want to sing a song, and you want to sing a song to God, it's not about the music. It's not about the beat. It's not about the band. If you like a song because you like the beat and you like the rhythm and you can get all into that and you don't know the words, you shouldn't be listening to the song. Because when you want to be intimate with God, it's all about the lyrics. It's all about the words. It's all about what you have to say to him that determines what he'll say to you. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's a good song to sing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall know. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When you need some encouragement, that's a good song to sing. 
when, you, when you're feeling down and you're feeling lonely and you feel like the world's come against you and all the devils of hell have come against you and you're feeling beat down. Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's a good song to sing. That's something good to be talking to yourself about. When you've made a mistake and you know it. Uh Uh-oh. When you sin before God and you know it. When you've done something that has broken the relationship, broken the fellowship, you wonder if God will ever talk to you again. You wonder if God will ever use you again. You wonder if God loves you anymore after what you did, even as a child of God, when you've sinned and you know it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. That's a good song to sing. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. That's a good song to sing. That, that scripture written to music. But, but then Paul said, speak to yourselves about hymns. You know, amazing grace. How sweet is that? Saved a wretch like me. He says some hymns. Look, look you, you can worship God in private and in silence, but, but worship a lot of times is going to break out in praise, and you can't praise God with your mouth shut. You can worship God with all the hairs up and the, and the Holy Ghost bumps, and, but, but when, when worship gets to where you can't take it no more and the Holy Spirit of God breathes on your neck and it trickles down in your collar, you got to open your mouth if you're going to praise him some. Praise is an outward expression of the worship that's been going on on the inside. You might can worship in silence, but if you're going to praise him, you got to make some noise. You, it's our prayer, God, help us reach our Jerusalem Help us reach our Judea, God. Will you deliver the heart of Troop County in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you deliver Heard County, God? Will you deliver Meriwether County? Will you deliver Harris County? Will you deliver our Jerusalem, our Judea? Will you make us a mighty fortress? Will you make us a lighthouse? Will you use us to be a hospital for the broken, help for the hurting? Will you use Faith Baptist Church to be somebody that reaches out in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and changes our surroundings one soul at a time? That's our prayer God will you help us will you help us reach our community you know how to to reach the community you got to make some noise see you got to make a noise you can say what you want but but people are just nosy that's just how they are you get to making noise they get want to know what's going on you, you get to making enough noise they want to find out what you've been so noisy about and if it's a joyful noise they'll be wanting to know where you got it from Mark chapter 2, the Bible, speaking of Jesus, said they entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway, that means immediately. 
right then. They got to hearing the noise. People down the street got to hearing the noise. Folks all the way up by Chick-fil-A got to hearing the noise. Somebody back over here by the mall got to hearing the noise. And they all got to coming that way immediately. There became traffic coming in. The roads got flooded coming in. And it says that so many came and gathered around, they couldn't even get into the house. They were gathered outside listening because it was noise that Jesus was in the house. You got to make a noise that Jesus is in the house. You won't have to go looking for the world. They'll come looking for you because you've got something they want. You got something they need. We got to make some noise. We start talking to ourselves about how once was lost, but now I'm found. And I was blind, but now I see. About that time, the Holy Spirit of God leans down and starts whispering, breathing on your neck. Worship begins to break out. And praise starts coming out of your mouth. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the world thy hands has made. I see the stars. Hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul. Y'all hear that part of that song? Then sings my soul. <laughs> Paul said we start out with scripture set to songs. Then we break out in hymns that gives God the glory and our soul starts singing. But then Paul says here in the text, spiritual songs. That's songs of praise and songs of worship. Has God been good to anybody in here this morning? God blessed anybody in here this morning. God done anything for anybody. God ever come to you in your trouble, come to you in your storm, come to you in a dark night? God ever just, ble God ever just blessed you for no reason? God ever blessed you when things was already going good and he just blessed you anyway? Have you ever just thought about something you wanted God to do and you didn't even ask it in prayer? You just thought about it one day. And God, that's because God will give you the desires of your heart when you seek after him and search after him with all your heart. God's done some things for some folks this morning. So if God's been good to you, and he has, then we ought to be singing songs. We ought to wake up singing about Jesus. Psalms chapter 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit. Anybody say amen. Out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and the thoughts which, which are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. We ought to be singing of the goodness of God. We ought to wake up talking to ourselves about how good God has been. We, we ought to be whistling while we're at work. We, we ought to be making noise. We, we ought to be 
whistling while we, well, my wife don't whistle. You can't whistle while you're cooking dinner. You ought to be singing while you're cooking dinner, humming while we're washing dishes. How about that one? We, we ought to be singing out in the shower. We ought to be making a joyful noise unto the Lord. When you get in your car, preferably alone for everybody else's sake, you ought to be singing for all you're worth. You ought to put in the best worship song you got, the best praise song you got. Drive for a few minutes, talk to God. Talk to him about his goodness. Talk to him about his grace. Talk to him about his mercy. Talk to him about how thankful that you are. Talk to him about everything that you know he's done. And then break out singing some praise and some worship in your car. The Holy Spirit will show up with his inside voice in your car. You might just have to pull over. You can't see the drive for the tears when the Holy Spirit shows up. We ought to be talking about him. We ought to be singing out. Because the truth be known. There's some things that nobody knows about but you and God. There's some skeletons in your closet, our closets, let me make that clear, that, that, if, that if God were to, to pull those skeletons out, we would all be slithering out under these pews trying to get out the door. There, there's, there's some dust on your shelves, amen. There, there's, there's some things that's going on in our lives. Nobody knows but you and God what he's done for you. And you know all the dirt. You know all your past. You know all your stories, all your history. And God lets you worship him anyway. <laughs> Speaking to yourselves, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs goes on and says, singing and making melody. In your heart to the Lord. The word melody comes from a word there that means to, to pluck its strings. It's like playing a guitar or any kind of stringed instruments, And you pluck it and it causes vibration that makes that melody. And you get the idea of, of somebody on music. And, and what it gives us in that text is the idea of when God plucks a string of your heart. When God begins to pluck the strings and it begins to vibrate a little bit, God begins making melody, God begins to put in a little music, and God starts whispering in your ear, and God starts breathing on your neck, and worship shows up. It ought to make us want to sing. But God is so good at what he does that we take it for granted. You breathed all night in your sleep last night, never even thought about it. Your heart beat all night long just because God told it to. You woke up with the roof over your head. We got clothes on our, thank God, hallelujah. We got shoes on our feet, food on the table just because God decided to bless you. We walk around in silence because we take God's blessings for granted. Oh, but when we start talking to ourselves, when we continually talk to ourselves about the goodness of God, when we start singing these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that Paul is talking about, then God begins to whisper and, and strumming and making melody. Listen, if God's been good to you, you can't just sit there with your hands folded. You, you can't just spend your life walking around like you're mad at the world. If God's been good to you, you need to make some noise. 
People need to know your God is good, not because you say God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. No, people didn't know God is good because of the smile on your face. Even in your bad times, you got to smile. Even when it don't make sense to smile, you smile. Even when you're hurting, you're smiling. Even when the world says, y'all just give in, you just come on strong with a smile. God whispers to us. Even if nobody else on your pew, on your pew gives God praise, you can. You can. Thank you, God. 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 Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for delivering me from my sins. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my home. Thank you for the food and the clothes and the, and the shoes and, and all the things that, that you've done for me. Thank you. Thank you for calming my storms. And thank you for walking in on the darkest night and bringing light into my situation. Thank you for turning my test into a testimony. Thank you for walking in when everybody else around me walked out. Thank you for loving me in spite of me. Thank you for being good to me just because you can. Thank you for being with me when it don't make sense. Thank you for loving me while I was yet a sinner that you sent your only begotten son to die for me. Thank you for protecting my family while they're going away during the day. Thank you for loving me just because you love me. Thank you just because you're God and you call me a child. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can't never run out of stuff to say thank you about. Just start writing down. Try to make a note of it. Just try to say thank you for everything that God's done. Thank you for your children. Thank you for the help. Thank you for your husband and wife. Thank you for the protection that he brought you back. Thank you for the shield that God puts in your marriage. The only reason you're still married is because God is the centerpiece in your life. Puts a hedge around you that the devil can't get inside. You blink for one minute and you're just as divorced as everybody else it is because the devil's looking to tear it down. You're just there because of what God's doing for you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We should never run out of thank you. We got plenty to worship him about. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Our worship ought to give God glory. But it ought to edify others. Matter of fact, this morning I studied that passage and God brought another one to my mind. Colossians chapter 3, beginning of verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. He's a God that's worthy of our praise. He's a God that, that desires our worship. He, he's a God that desires an, an intimate relationship with you. He, he's not just my God. He, he's your God. He, he's our God. Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? He's Adam's redeemer. He's Abel's vindicator. He's Abraham's sacrifice. 
He was Noah's ark. He's Moses' burning bush. He's Joshua's battle axe. He was Gideon's fleece on the ground. He's Samson's power. He's David's song. He's Solomon's wisdom. He's Jeremiah's bomb in Gilead. He's the only begotten son of the living God. He's Mary's baby boy. He's Matthew's king. Mark's suffering servant. Luke's great physician. He's John's word became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the blessed and the only potentate. Seated at the right hand of the Father. Make an intercession for a sinner like me. He is a faithful and true witness. He is king of kings and lord of lords. He's your comfort when you're lonely. He's your healer when you're sick. He's your hope in your hopelessness. He's your road map when you're lost. He's the light in your darkness. He's your help when you're helpless. He's your strength in your weakness. He's your shelter in your storm. He's the rock of your salvation. He is worthy of your praise. He is your God, and he desires an intimate relationship with you, and he's worthy of our praise. When we worship him in spirit and in truth, God himself, will lean down, whisper in our ear, and breathe on us. You know, sometimes when you whisper to somebody, have you ever put your arm around them where you kind of hold them up close? Y'all don't whisper? Y'all gossip. I know you whisper. Y'all got to get the picture of what I'm talking about. God, God leaned down and put his arm around you. Put his hand right up here on your face. He leaned down with the breath of God. Let's whisper in your ear. Tell you, I just want you to know I love you. When God breathes down, we ought to break into some praise. Amen. He's a very personal God. This isn't about God and Faith Baptist Church. This isn't about even God and your family. This is about God and you. He desires a personal relationship. Anybody need some personal time with God? Anybody need some alone time with God? Anybody need to feel God breathe on your neck? Anybody need to feel the hand of God on your shoulder? Anybody need to feel the presence of God around you? Can, can I just go ahead and state the obvious this morning? You ain't waiting on him. He's waiting on you. You want that time with God? He's sitting up there right now, desiring it. He's just waiting on you. He just wants you to pour it out. He's waiting on our praise and in our worship. 